0: 2022 Lenten Mission, Spera in Deo, Hope in God, for I will still give praise to Him, by Father Michael Rodriguez. This is the first of four conferences. The one thing necessary is to save your soul. To do this, you need supernatural grace, faith, hope, and charity. Yet few are saved. Many men only have natural hope and succumb to despair and presumption. As faithful Christians, foster a confident and true hope in God's unfailing promises. To hear the accompanying sermon, please visit the St. Vincent Ferrer website, svfonline.org.
1: begin the Lenten mission this evening by praying. Let us kneel. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh my God, I believe in Thee, I hope in Thee, I love Thee, to Thee be honor, praise and glory forever. Act of faith. O my God, I firmly believe that Thou art one God in three divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I believe that Thy divine Son became man and died for our sins, and that He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe these and all the truths which the Holy Catholic Church teaches, because Thou hast revealed them, who canst neither deceive nor be deceived. Amen. Act of Hope O my God, relying on Thy almighty power and infinite mercy and promises I hope to obtain pardon of my sins the help of Thy grace and life everlasting through the merits of Jesus Christ my Lord and Redeemer Amen Act of Charity O my God, I love Thee above all things with my whole heart and soul, because Thou art all good and worthy of all love. I love my neighbor as myself for the love of Thee. I forgive all who have injured me and ask pardon of all whom I have injured. Amen. Tonight we begin our Lenten mission and I decided to begin where we left off last year. And that is, one thing is necessary to save your soul and get to heaven. We can never reflect on this sufficiently. In my life, Truly, there is really only one thing that is necessary. And that's to save my soul and to get to heaven. I'm not alone when I tell you that I decided this year to begin where we left off last year because this is precisely what Holy Mother Church does as well. Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is every year. And it's really not a different message. The message of Ash Wednesday is the same. And it's remember man that thou art dust and to dust thou shalt return. The ashes with which Lent begins remind us of our mortality. They remind us of the great truth that our time on this earth is short. It's not going to be forever the ashes remind us of death. And death is the gateway to either heaven or hell. Death is the gateway either to salvation or damnation. And so really, the message of Ash Wednesday and the message with which the holy season of Lent begins, it's the same one. The one thing that is necessary is to save your soul. And at the moment of your death, that's when your eternal fate is going to be determined. Prepare yourself. And that's why on the first Sunday of Lent, three weeks ago, the epistle that we heard was not a different epistle from last year on the first Sunday of Lent. The same epistle. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, quote, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Close quote. Think about these divinely inspired words. These words that God speaks to us at the beginning of Lent. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to concern yourself with the one thing that is necessary. It's so easy for us to kind of get off track and to get lost In the false promises and the false attractions of the world. Ash Wednesday, the holy season of Lent, is kind of meant to straighten us back and to put us back on the narrow path, and it's a narrow path indeed. So again this year, I'll begin the Lenten mission by quoting to you from St. Alphonsus Ligori. It's not a new quotation. But it's such an important teaching that we have to continue to listen to it and reflect on it and reflect more and more upon it. We hear, so to speak, the same message, not, not once, not twice, but year after year after year, so that we will receive this message from God with greater, with greater faith, with greater trust. So that it can transform our lives. So that it can really help us in our own conversion. So that basically it can help us so that we can save our souls and get to heaven. So Saint Francis Ligori says quote, one thing is necessary. The salvation of our souls. It is not necessary to be great, noble or rich in this world or to enjoy uninterrupted health. But it is necessary to save our souls. For this, God has placed us here. Not to acquire honors, riches or pleasures, but to acquire by our good works that eternal kingdom. Close quote. To acquire the kingdom that's going to last forever. Forever. To get to heaven. Another way of saying what St. Alphonsus the Gory just told us is that we are on this earth, God has placed us on this earth to give him glory and to save our souls. The way that we give God glory is by making every effort every day to know him, to love him, and to serve him. And by helping others to do the same if we do this well we give God glory if we do this well we will save our souls if we do this well it is a certainty that we'll get to heaven because God has promised it to us because our Savior Jesus Christ has promised us eternal life This is something that we especially want to focus in on on these days of the Lenten mission. The fact that God is faithful to His promises. Always. And that's why we can put all of our hope and trust in God. The truth is, is that so many of us have been hurt and we carry so many wounds some from our childhood, maybe even from before we were born, others from our youth, others from 10 years ago, others from yesterday. But so many of the hurt and the wounds that we carry is because of broken promises and because trust has been broken and because there was infidelity in every sense. Infidelity meaning not being faithful to what was said, not being faithful to what was to be expected when it comes to God and our Savior Jesus Christ, supremely faithful. We have to do our best to put our complete trust in His promises. And again, remember, His primary promise, He's not promising us mainly kind of like a a happy, comfortable life here on earth. Quite the opposite. He's promising us crosses. But primarily what He's promising us is He's promising us heaven. Now, in order for us to give glory to God here on earth and save our souls, in order to know, love, and serve God, we absolutely need four things. And they all go together. Sanctifying grace. No one's going to be able to save their soul without sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace, faith, hope, and charity. You cannot be saved without faith. You can't get to heaven without faith. You cannot be saved and you can't get to heaven without hope. And you cannot be saved and you can't get to heaven without charity. And this is the reason why God in His infinite goodness and mercy, He already sets us on the path to heaven. He promises us, promises us Everything that we need to get to heaven, He promises it to us. And He's faithful to His promises. He gives us all that on the day of our baptism. On the day of our baptism, an indescribable miracle. We receive the divine life that comes to us only from God. We receive sanctifying grace. And we receive, these virtues are infused, they're given to us, they're put in our souls by God, by the Holy Ghost, faith, hope, and charity. This really is the summary of our life in Christ, of our Christian life, of our spiritual life. Sanctifying grace, faith, hope, and charity. If you grow in these, you will get to heaven, you will save your soul. If you lose these, you will be damned for all eternity. And so, when we say that the one thing that is necessary is to save your soul, well, it's kind of the same thing if we say, well, the one thing necessary is, if you're looking to hoard treasures, if you're a hoarder and you hoard a lot of material treasures, get rid of that stuff and what you need to hoard is sanctifying grace, faith, hope and charity. And again, as one reflects on our life here on this earth, and as you reflect on also even just the different virtues and the different ways that we struggle in order to really be faithful to God and to be faithful to the church, everything is related to sanctifying grace, faith, hope, and charity. Pretty much any sin that you can think of, it's a lack of and something that goes contrary to faith, hope, and charity. And obviously contrary to to God's grace, the sanctifying grace. So, faith, hope, and charity, these are what we call the three theological virtues. And they're called the theological virtues because they have God as their immediate object. All of them, faith, hope, and charity, they unite us to God through Jesus Christ. And, they transform us. They make us into, we can say, a new creation. Just like that's what sanctifying grace does. Through baptism, we're a new creation. And faith, hope, and charity make us a new creation. One quick example of what I mean when I say this transformation is hope, when we talk about the virtue of hope, there's hope both natural and supernatural. A natural hope is you hope for good things of this world. Like for example, let's just say good health. Good health is a natural good. And there certainly is value to hoping for good health and to desiring to have good health. Now obviously, the whole point here is that has to be ordered to the salvation of your soul. If you have good health, well, that certainly can be a great good if you're using your strength and your energy to grow in faith, hope and charity and to help others grow in faith, hope and charity. Obviously, it can also be a danger though, if you misuse or abuse that. But the thing is, is that kind of we would say that the natural man, he's going to hope for, let's say, natural goods like good health. But we as Christians and as Catholics, we've been transformed by hope. When we talk about hope, hope transforms us. We're not mainly hoping for things that we can acquire in this world. And good health is something that we acquire in this world. Our supernatural hope is to be with God. Again, that's why hope is uniting us to God. The object of our hope is God. We want to be with God. God is our greatest good. And even if I don't have good health, I can still be united to God. I can still be very close to God. In fact, many times, illnesses or crises that take place with regard to my health can lead me to a closer union with God. And that's where my hope should be. And that's why I say hope it will completely transform one. Because, your life will be completely different, in a better sense, if your true hope, is to be with God, and to attain heaven. As opposed to all, the natural goods that you can be hoping for. Like even, well, you know, I'm gonna, I don't know, play a a basketball game, and I hope I win. That's going to pass. So, Remember, the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity, obviously along with sanctifying grace, these are infused into our souls at baptism. And what this means also is that they're given to us freely by God. Always remember this, because one of the things that's key in terms of faith, hope, and charity is that we have to pray for those gifts. In one of the prayers that I just prayed here at the beginning by St. Alphonsus, that's exactly what he expresses. He says, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically he's saying, Lord, he's directing himself to our Lord, and Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And he's saying, you died on the cross, precisely so that, I could have this hope, in your merits, and obviously be saved. But, I have to pray and ask for this hope. And so then he says, so I'm begging for this hope. This confidence, I'm begging for greater confidence in thy merits. Greater confidence in what you've suffered on the cross. Because if you suffered what you suffered on the cross, for sure I can be saved. And that's true. That's the virtue of hope. But we have to pray for faith, hope and charity. Again, that's why they're given to us freely by God. And what we have to do is we have to continue to ask for an increase in these Supernatural powers is really what they are. Faith, hope, and charity are supernatural powers that they render us capable of being good and doing good for the love and service of God. And to sacrifice, and to make great sacrifices. So again, no one can be saved and remember, one thing is necessary to save your soul. No one can be saved without faith, hope, and charity. If you don't have hope, you can't get to heaven. We need hope. That's why God gives it to us at baptism. An appropriate symbol for the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity, is a living tree. Maybe that's why I'm, we're planting trees here at addition. Some people, Father, why are you planting trees? Well, many reasons. But, if we're really like on our toes in our faith, a living tree is a good symbol for us of faith, hope and charity. Faith is the root or the roots. Hope is the trunk and charity the fruit. Obviously, they all go together. You're not going to get very far if you've got roots and a trunk but no fruit. No charity. And, obviously, if you're like this living tree, well, you want all of them to get stronger and to increase. You want the roots to get stronger, you want the trunk to get stronger, you want the, the fruit to, to also be more plentiful, more abundant. But just one quick comment that I would make about this, about hope and being the trunk, is that I kind of think it's certainly appropriate in the sense that the trunk kind of is going out of the ground and going up to heaven. You know, it's like going up. And I would kind of say, well, if you've got a bigger trunk, chances are you're going to be able to get up higher, you know, kind of closer to heaven. But the thing is, it's something uh, helpful to remember that that's the main object of our hope. When we're talking about hope, what we're hoping for, what you're desiring, is God and heaven to get to heaven to be with God forever in heaven and so also think about this because the trunk you can think of it as the bigger it gets the higher it gets well the more it's it's, it's getting closer and closer to God and closer and closer to heaven the, its desires are being more and more fulfilled it's not looking to go down it's looking to go up and in terms of hope here When you examine your conscience, when you examine your life, ask yourself in sincerity, what is it that I desire? What is it that I want? What is it that I'm looking for? Because that's what needs to be transformed. When I was telling you, faith, hope and charity, they unite us to God and they transform us. They make us more Christ-like. The virtue of hope is meant to more and more direct my desires my longings my hopes for God and heaven so that again even if i even if i may be suffering a lot here on this earth even if i may suffer tragedies i lose a person that i love very much i lose my job i lose my reputation i lose a lot of things What is your hope? What is your desire? What is it that you want more than anything else? And the virtue of hope is there to give you that desire, first and foremost, for God and for heaven. Secondarily, for all the means necessary to get to heaven, which is also a very important part of faith. And these things, they're expressed in the act of faith. When you, I'm I'm sorry, hope. Hope I didn't say, no. These things are expressed when you pray the act of hope. Now, I'm going to remind you of something that I preached just, I don't know, maybe a month ago. I was preaching this in preparation for Lent. So like I think on Septuagesima Sunday and maybe Sexagesima Sunday. But I want to remind you of this because it's so important. Right now we're talking about salvation and saving your soul. And that you need hope to save your soul. And that exactly the virtue of hope is there so that your greatest desire is heaven to save your soul. To have that great desire to save your soul. Well, it is a very good exercise, a, a very sobering truth to reflect that Few shall be saved. So, I remind you of this once again. And I'm going to quote to you the saints and the doctors of the church. Saint Anselm, doctor of the church, quote, If you want to be certain of being in the number of the elect, strive to be one of the few, not one of the many. And if you would be quite sure of your salvation, strive to be among the fewest of the few, That is to say, do not follow the great majority of mankind, but follow those who enter upon the narrow way, who renounce the world, who give themselves to prayer, and who never relax their efforts by day or night, so that they may attain everlasting blessedness. St. Louis de Montfort says, The number of the elect is so small, Be one of the small number who find the way to life and enter by the narrow gate into heaven. Take care not to follow the majority and the common herd, so many of whom are lost. Do not be deceived. There are only two roads, one that leads to life and is narrow, the other that leads to death and is wide. There is no middle way. Close quote. St. Ligori, doctor of the church, says, quote, In the great deluge in the days of Noah, nearly all mankind perished. Eight persons alone being saved in the ark. In our days, a deluge not of water but of sins continually inundates the earth. And out of this deluge, very few escape. Scarcely anyone is saved. St. Leonard of Port Maurice, taken from one of his famous sermons on the fewness of those who are saved. He says, quote, After consulting all the theologians and making a diligent study of the matter, Suarez wrote, The most common sentiment which is held is that among Christians, Catholics, there are more damned souls than predestined souls. Add the authority of the Greek and Latin fathers to that of the theologians and you will find that almost all of them say the same thing. This is the sentiment of St. Theodore, St. Basil, St. Ephraim, St. John Chrysostom. What is more, according to Baronius, it was a common opinion among the Greek fathers that this truth was expressly revealed to St. Simeon Stylites and that after this revelation it was to secure his salvation that he decided to live standing on top of a pillar for 40 years exposed to the weather a model of penance and holiness for everyone now let us consult the Latin fathers you will hear Saint Gregory saying clearly many attain to faith but few to the heavenly kingdom Saint Anselm declares there are few who are saved St. Augustine states even more clearly, Therefore, few are saved in comparison to those who are damned. Look and see the prelates of the Holy Church. Pastors who have the charge of souls. Pay attention here to what St. Leonard is preaching. Again, I'm quoting him. He's telling you now, look to the priests and the bishops. So pay attention to what he says here. Again, look and see the prelates of Holy Church. Pastors who have the charge of souls. Is the number of those who are saved among them greater than the number of those who are damned? Listen to Cantimpre. He will relate an event to you and you may draw the conclusions. There was a synod being held in Paris. And a great number of prelates and pastors who had the charge of souls were in attendance. The king and princes also came to add luster to that assembly by their presence. A famous preacher was invited to preach. While he was preparing his sermon, a horrible demon appeared to him and said, lay your books aside. If you want to give a sermon that will be useful to these princes and prelates, content yourself with telling them on our part, we the princes of darkness, thank you, princes, prelates and pastors of souls, that due to your negligence, the greater number of the faithful are damned. Also, we are saving a reward for you for this favor when you shall be with us in hell. Woe to you who command others. If so many are damned by your fault, what will happen to you? If few out of those who are first in the church of God are saved, what will happen to you? Take all states, both sexes, every condition, Husbands, wives, widows, young women, young men, soldiers, merchants, craftsmen, rich and poor, noble and plebeian. What are we to say about all these people who are living so badly? The following narrative from St. Vincent Ferrer will show you what you may think about it. He relates that an archdeacon in Lyon gave up his charge and retreated into a desert place to do penance and that he died the same day and hour as Saint Bernard. After his death, he appeared to his bishop and said to him, Know, Monsignor, that at the very hour I passed away, 33,000 people also died. Out of this number, Bernard and myself went up to heaven without delay. Three went to purgatory and all the others fell into hell. That's taken from the Sermon of St. Leonard of Port Maurice. And we'll now listen to the greatest authority on the fewness of the saved. Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 to 14. Our Savior Jesus Christ. Quote, Enter ye in at the narrow gate, For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there are who go in thereat. How narrow is the gate and straight is the way that leadeth to life. And few there are that find it. Close quote. I'm going to read this to you one more time and and just, just compare. Compare what we hear today What we commonly hear today in the church. What we commonly hear today in the church is, you don't have to worry too much because God is merciful and God is good and everybody goes to heaven or you're going to get to heaven. God is good. He doesn't condemn people to hell. And pretty much at every funeral, you know, the priest or deacon or whoever is telling the people, you know, this person is now... In a better place, now with the angels, now is resting, is not, is no longer suffering. This person no longer suffering. How do you know no longer suffering? What are the souls in purgatory? What are the souls in hell? And and, then no longer suffering? And very common, no longer suffering. I mean, just compare all these things that are being said with the words of our Savior Jesus Christ. Enter ye in at the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there are who go in thereat. How narrow is the gate and straight is the way that leadeth to life, and few there are that find it. So kind of the natural and this and I say natural, because again, remember, hope is supernatural. Kind of the natural reaction is, oh well, then I better give up. I don't have a chance. I'm not, how can I ever be saved? And that's where hope comes in. Because here, we're going to see now kind of the complete opposite. In that we should never despair. Obviously, you say, well then, should, should I despair? Do I have a chance of getting to heaven? Of course you have a chance to get, of getting to heaven. And in a mysterious way, your getting to heaven is guaranteed. How's that? By the promises of God, by the fidelity of God, by the fact that our Savior Jesus Christ died on the cross. Listen to what St. Thomas of Villanova says. He says, quote, How greatly we all wish to know whether many are saved of those who live this common life of Christians. They go to church, they hear Mass, they receive the sacraments, they keep the faith undefiled. Does this ordinary life suffice for salvation? Oh, how terrible are our Lord's words. Strive to enter by the narrow gate, for narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and few there are that find it. Here is the answer. Few are saved. What then? Should we despair? No. No. We are not told this to make us despair. Remember his words. We are not told this to make us despair, but to make us more diligently watchful. For even if we knew that only one was to be saved, of all the vast crowd of us gathered here today, I ought to strive to be that one. Close quote. There are two main sins that are opposed to the virtue of hope. And those two sins are presumption and despair. Again, the two main sins. And what you have there is you kind of have the two extremes. We sin by presumption when we presume we can reach heaven without using the necessary means we sin by presumption. And again, this is a grave sin against the virtue of hope. You sin by presumption when, and again, this is, I would say, what commonly is taking place at all these funerals. And it's not a small matter. I mean, here you're supposed to be having a funeral and I would say basically by the words that are being preached, by the attitudes that are being promoted and reinforced, you're committing a grave sin. You're committing grave sin against the supernatural virtue of hope. Because you're sinning by presumption. The sin of presumption, again, means just like we presume that we can get to heaven. Just because, you know, I look good. Because I look good, I'm going to get to heaven. Or, okay, well, God is merciful, I'm going to get to heaven. That's crazy. Of course God is merciful. But, God in His infinite mercy, I mean, I'd say, perhaps the greatest sign of His infinite mercy is that He's given us so many means to save our souls. And He's given us so many opportunities to save our souls. That's His mercy. I'll give you a quick little bit of homework for tomorrow because I'm looking at my time and I'm not going to get a chance to say this, but take a little bit of time tonight or tomorrow in the morning. Go back and Read the gospels that we've heard on the past seven Sundays. So that's Septuagesima Sunday, Sexagesima Sunday, Quinquagesima Sunday, First Sunday of Lent, Second Sunday of Lent, Third Sunday of Lent, Yesterday, Fourth Sunday of Lent. All seven of those gospels have some remarkable truths. They kind of like highlight related to the virtue of hope and the promise of heaven. God's promise of heaven, God's promise of salvation. Remember, with the virtue of hope, we're hoping for heaven, we're putting our confidence that we can get to heaven, we're trusting in God, that I can get to heaven, I can be saved. And I'm also trusting in the different means that He gives me so that I can get to heaven. Well, just for one quick example, if you remember the gospel from Septuagesima Sunday, was the gospel of the owner of the vineyard that goes out to the marketplace to hire laborers for his vineyard. And remember, one of the symbols, I mean the vineyard is symbolic of different things, but one of the things of your soul. And so the whole point here is that you have to set aside the cares of the marketplace and of the world to care for your soul to get your soul healed, to get your soul nourished. Get your soul healed, confession. Get your soul nourished, the Holy Eucharist. But notice how beautiful the parable, because this is God's mercy. That the owner of the vineyard, he goes once, he goes twice, he goes three times, he goes four times, he goes five times. He goes the sixth time, he goes the sixth time. But the workers that are there in the marketplace, they better respond. They, they, if they don't respond, then what? If they stay in the marketplace, is it going to do them any good to say, oh, the owner of the vineyard is very merciful and so therefore I'm saved. Well, no, well, obviously the owner of the vineyard is very merciful. it has gone six times. How many more means of salvation do you want? How many more opportunities to save your soul do you want? But when has to do one's part in responding. And so, again, going back to the sins of presumption and despair. So, the sin of presumption is, again, thinking that you can get to heaven kind of just automatically. And again, this is really common today. Sin by presumption. Hopefully, you'll just be a little bit more aware of how serious this is against The virtue of hope. I mean, basically I would say, this is like heresy. Like you say, heresy to the virtue of faith. You have to believe the truths that God has revealed. And by the virtue of faith, I do. I believe based on God's authority. God has revealed these truths. So, I'm being united also to God who is the truth. Heresy, I mean, grave sin against the faith. Presumption, grave sin against hope. Again, I think I've said this in the past, but I I never forget this. Because it just really, I mean, it's like, this is crazy. It's a relative of mine. I was in this discussion with this relative of mine a few years back. And the person tells me, Oh, you know, I know I'm going to go to heaven. And I said, well, what do you mean you know you're going to heaven? Yeah, I know I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to go to heaven. Kind of like, again, the attitude being, like, I'm automatically going to get to heaven. Presumption. How in the world do you know you're going to get to heaven? That's the sin of presumption. But again, the sin of presumption is also, pay very close attention, it's thinking that you can get to heaven without making use of the means that God has promised, in His mercy, that God has promised us to be able to get to heaven. For example, observing faithfully the commandments of God and the church. That's you have to do that in order to get to heaven. You have to do that in order to know, love and serve God. You have to do that in order to save your soul. You have to obey God's commandments. You have to obey the commandments of the church. But those are means that God has given us to help us. To help us get to heaven. To help us save our souls. The sacraments. I mean, obviously, there too, when someone says, what are the different means that God has given us to save our souls? Well, obviously, the Related to the virtue of faith. All of the truths that He has revealed. The mystery of the Blessed Trinity. God. Father, Son and Holy Ghost. The great truth that our Savior Jesus Christ. Founded the church. Founded His church. That's His mystical body. And instituted the Holy Eucharist. How can you think that you're going to be saved. By setting aside. The church and setting aside the sacraments and setting aside the Holy Eucharist and setting aside confession. See, the virtue of hope, what it is, is, it's, again, think again, that great desire. You have a great, you have such a great desire for heaven. You put so much value on the greatest good that is God and getting to heaven that you also put the greatest value on the, the means that God has given you to be able to get to heaven. Like the holy sacrifice of the mass. Like the prayer of the rosary. Like, you know, reading from sacred scripture. Like reading on the lives of the saints. So that we can, let's say, be inspired by the saints and imitating the saints. One example there is, you know, the virtue of hope is helping me to hope to be more and more like the saints. And that I have a great desire to want to be more like the saints. Not, not so much I want to be like Mike. You know, be like Mike and be like all these people on the TV and on the, and the celebrities and all these clowns. These celebrities a bunch of clowns. But again, that goes back to what I told you earlier. Examine your desire, what you hope for, what you want. The, the people, I, I want to be like this person. Who do you want to be like? I hope you want to be like the saints. Because that's again the virtue of hope. Because the saints are also one of the means that God has given us to be able to get to heaven. And so again, just that example, presumption would be, okay, I'm not to worry about the lives of the saints. The saints don't matter. You know, Jesus is my savior. I believe in Jesus. Who cares about the saints? He's going to save me. Careful. Of course Jesus is going to save you. But what are the means that He's given us to save us? One of those means are the saints. And definitely one of those means that is essential, I'll get to this later in the mission, is the Blessed Virgin Mary. You better believe there's a lot of sin by presumption, by people presuming that I can cast aside the Mother of God and I'm still going to get to heaven and I'm still going to please God. I mean, that's really kooky. And not just cookie. that's presumption. I mean, I'm talking about huge presumption. Here, one of the greatest means of our salvation that our Lord has given us is His Blessed Mother. And that's why it's really beautiful in the praise of St. Alphonsus Liguori. It's beautiful how he prays. He says, Lord, You have willed, You have willed that I be saved, not only by the merits of Jesus Christ. And again, this is kind of mysterious because obviously we're saved by the merits of Jesus Christ. That's what saves us. Christ's death on the cross. There's no question about that. But it is kind of mysterious because St. Alvarez is saying yes God but you have willed that not only we be saved by the merits of your son directing himself to the father but also by the intercession and the prayers of the most holy mother of God. It's almost like God is giving us a super abundance of means to help us to save our souls and to help us to get to heaven. And so, who are we to kind of set that aside and say, I don't need this, I don't need that, you know, I'm, I can just, you know, whatever. In my own mind, you know, accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior and, you know, then I can get to heaven. All of those are sins of presumption. The moment you start setting aside or not valuing, not desiring, not hoping for the different means that God has given us to save our souls, that's a sin of presumption. In hoping for heaven, you also are hoping. I'm hoping that I can be ever more faithful to the holy sacrifice of the mass. Not, I don't need the mass. I'm also hoping, desiring more and more, that I can be more faithful, that I can make a better confession. That I can be more devout as I pray my rosary. That I can imitate more closely the different saints. That I'll show more reverence for like let's say just the different sacramentals, whether it's my scapular, my miraculous medal. All of those different means that God has given us in His mercy and in His goodness to help save our souls. Let us finish by praying. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus, 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 strengthen us. Jesus, strengthen us in soul and body to please Thee in executing such works of mercy as may bring us to everlasting joy and felicity. Grant us a firm purpose, most merciful Savior, to amend our lives and atone for the years past. Those years which we have misspent to Thy displeasure, in vain or wicked thoughts, words, deeds, and evil customs. Make our hearts obedient to Thy will and ready for Thy love to perform every work of mercy. Grant us the gifts of the Holy Ghost, which through a virtuous life and a devout frequenting of Thy most holy sacraments may at length bring us to Thy heavenly kingdom. Have mercy also on the souls in purgatory. For Thy bitter passion we beseech Thee, and for Thy glorious name, Jesus. O blessed Trinity, one eternal God, have mercy on us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Dominus Fobiscum. benedictio Dei omnipotentis patris et fili et spiritus sancti descendat super vos et maniat semper. Amen. May you have a restful night and I hope to see you here tomorrow.
0: This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center, copyright 2022, all rights reserved. For more resources regarding the message of Our Lady of Fatima and the Catholic faith, and to support this vital apostolate with a donation, please visit our website, fatima.org, or call us at 1-800-263-8160. Every donation is appreciated and needed. Our prayer is that this talk may enlighten your faith, strengthen your hope, and inflame your charity, that you may save your soul. Please, pass this mission on to others. St. Leonard of Port Maurice, pray for us.